Hello out there in podcast land. It's Mike. And Mary. And guess what day it is? It's Monday. Woohoo! Oh, it's probably Monday where you are. <laughs> and that's why we call this Mondays, Mondays with, with Mike, Mike and, and Mary. Mary. Hi, We're, everyone. We get to reflect back on the past coaching calls and select highlights for you, both the Pareto Techniques and an Ask the Experts. And today we start with Parade of Techniques. Do you have one for us, Mary? I do have a Parade of Techniques. I've got a student who came out just fine out of this incident, but the other agent probably has some severe regrets. And that's a great Parade of Techniques, you know? Learn from other people's mistakes so you don't have to make them yourself and cost yourself a commission. Avoid regret. So our Wickman-trained student had a buyer who wrote an offer on a property and the property, uh, the sellers accepted the offer, agreed to do some repairs, and over the course of four weeks, count them four, while this property was off the market, sale pending, out of contract, because the seller said they do repairs, then they had to get an estimate, but then it wasn't a certified person to do the work, and then they had to get another estimate, and all of this was verbal, right? So this is our Wickman selling agent uh -huh. talking to the non-Wickman listing agent. Everything's done verbally and the, it's extending and extending and extending. And oh, guess what happened in 30 days? The favorite house that the buyers originally wanted to buy but couldn't because it was pending, it was it had already been sold, came back on the market. Ooh. And that buyer had an opportunity to walk away from this house and go buy the one they really want, and that's what they did. And so our agent got paid, no doubt. But can you imagine being the listing agent and because you were too lazy, sorry, I think that's my opinion, <laughs> because you were too lazy to put these changes in writing and keep your seller's contract binding, you now have lost the buyer. So let's make sure that none of our listeners have to experience that loss and anger, because it seems to me that that seller could certainly have the grounds for a lawsuit. Or negligence. Yeah. If yeah, you end up settling for less. Let's find a new listing agent. Yeah, that too. Wow. Do you well, know what a parade techniques, Michael? Serves you right. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a, a wonderful parade of techniques. Write these three words down wherever you are. Keep in touch. Let me repeat those. Keep in touch. In other words... Keep in touch? Yeah. Oh, okay. I have a student who got two listings in the last week, call-ins. Call-ins? From past clients. I didn't know that still happened. Of eight years ago. <laughs> oh, cool. Eight. Counted eight years ago. Cool. We, we bought our house from you eight years ago. It's time to sell. Will you come list it? Oh, yay. Guess how many times she's talked to them in the last eight years? I bet three times a year. No, once in eight years. No way. One of our students? Yes. Oh, I might have to fire her. So why did, <laughs> why did these people call her and say this? You've always been so good to us. Seriously? Yes. Why did they say that to it's her? It's an illusion. Because every birthday, they got a handwritten birthday card from her with a $5 Starbucks gift certificate in it. Oh, was it really her handwriting? It was her admins. Okay. <laughs> so she didn't even... You know, once she got out to the house, she remembered the people. Oh, yeah. And they're, they're hugging and, oh, you, keep, you take such good care of us and you always keep in touch. 
Well, she had them on an automatic client follow-up system well, okay. with newsletters, and her admin kept track of birthdays, and she sends them a handwritten birthday card with a $5 Starbucks gift. Who doesn't like a, a cup of Starbucks now and again right. for free, right? And she sends them to every co-broke agent, and she sends them to every lender she uses, and to every other client at closings. Not her client, but the one across Ooh, the table. Yeah. Yeah. Spends about $1,500 a year on Starbucks gift cards. Now, you can get them personalized. Yes, you can. You can have your company logo, yep. your face. Ooh. And you can get, buy them in bulk at a discount. Oh, that's very cool. So, think about that. Is uh, two listings calling you in the same week. Worth a $1,500 a year expense. I, I feel a little bit like you trapped me here. How many times <laughs> did she call? Yeah. Because, yes, we are mail call C, you know, mail every month, call three times a year, see them once a year, ideally. So it sounds like there could be some improvement in that system. But she's yeah. got the best part of that system down. And that's not just mail, but personalized mail. I mean, they really felt like it was from her. It was intimate. And personalized mail, you don't have to touch. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That's huh? even better. Yeah. An automatic system for follow-up, keep in touch. There's no substitute for that. Yeah, automatic, meaning you don't have to think, let's see, what should I do this month? That's beautiful. Thank yeah. you so much for that. What a great parade of techniques. Did you have, thank you, did you have an ask the experts I to did, share I did, with I us? I did, Wonderful. You know, there's people that are buying leads, and we don't oppose that. We don't say, you're crazy for buying leads. Um, because if you spend really, really, really a lot of money, you can get really a lot of leads. And if you've got a bunch of people to give them to, I mean, we've seen this uh, be a successful model. We've got a client who has 20 people on her team. They do mostly internet leads, costs a whole lot of money to do it. But they get a return on their investment. We could name, you know, several spots across the country where that's happening. Sure. But for the most part, uh, we really believe in deepening relationships instead. And so I have a student that came to the call on Friday who said, I've got an opportunity to buy leads. I'm seriously considering it. Um, it, it would be $720 a month. Uh, for the leads in the area that I work, they've guaranteed me 25 internet leads a month. It's a six-month commitment. What do I do? And here's the part I really love about our people because there's eight agents on the call, mm -hmm. Wickman-trained agents plus a Wickman-trained coach, right? And hands down, every single person said, are you crazy? <laughs> Thank God. It's pretty wrong. Yeah, Don't run. run. Yeah. Right, exactly. And here's here's the bottom line though. Spend your money on relationships. Spend your marketing money on relationships. Uh, this person was told, you know, that's forty three hundred dollars. So okay, you get one commission, it paid for itself. But if you if you took people to lunch or dinner or knocked on their door and handed them a Starbucks gift card or yeah. something. How much would that pay off, deepening your relationships? And I heard it earlier in the day, too, the same kind of 
the same kind of thing. I was trying to find my second note. Now this, you're saying this was $1,200 a month, $7,200 for a six-month commitment. Actually, it was 70, 720 a month, oh. $4,300 for a six-month commitment. It's still too much. Well, one person said, unless you're spending $43,000, you are not going to get the best leads. You know, oh, I mean, I don't know how that all food works. Chain. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. So anyway, you know, how are you gonna how are you gonna spend your time? Oh, I know. It was because someone else asked, "I've got some marketing money. What should I do with it?" And there there was a long conversation about, you know, buying pens, buying chip clips, buying. You, you know, what are you gonna spend your money on? And um, and I liked uh, the person who recommended. Take, you take the same amount of money, that marketing budget, and instead of buying a keeper, uh, a little cheapo thinger, take people to lunch. And I'll bet you end up with more referrals at the bottom in the, in the bottom line. So Oh, you would, sure. Two people talking about building relationships. Yeah. How about you? And if you don't have relationships, I'd take a tenth of that money and hire an inside sales associate to call for sale by owners and make listing appointments for you. Do you know how to do that? Oh, yeah. Talk to Automated Agent. Yeah. Check that out. AutomatedAgent.com. I-S-A. We'll make listing appointments for you. That's Amazing. Our, that's our friend Terry Yonker. Yep. And it's working. And there are people who you can hire to dial the phone for you, and you just show up to the appointment. I like it. Check nice. it out. Good time management. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes I pour through my notes because I take good notes on every call, so you do, do you. Yeah. And I hope all of you do as well. And I'm, I'm searching. Gosh, I hope I can find a really good, intelligent, cogent, well-formed, ask-the-experts question. Well, I had two and three and four of them on every single call this week. It's like I'm stunned. What if people have been watching my cousin Vinny, you know, where he figures out how to form the objection to the judge? Oh, you remember that scene, of course. Well, all of a sudden, everybody's figured out, if I form my Ask the Experts question correctly, I'll get better advice. Yeah, isn't so, that the truth? Yeah, because you're getting that specific targeted advice to figuring out the problem or challenge or obstacle. It's not one of those, I just want to know what, what dental floss everybody's using. I want to do a survey. Oh, know. yeah. Surveys the, aren't the answer. No. Survey means you really have a deeper question. So here's the situation. I'm on a listing appointment, and I know I'm competing with five other agents because their business cards are laid out on the kitchen table. I'm the fifth agent in. And the seller asks me, what's your list to sale price ratio for the past year? That's a very intelligent seller. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And guess what? I didn't know what it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've never been asked that by a seller before. So... My question is, what? how do I get that listing now, now that it's after the fact? You know, what do I do about this? Do I include the list to sale price ratio in my listing presentation? So, should you include data about your track record in the marketplace in your listing presentation? That's a pretty easy question to answer, isn't it? I, yes or I no? would think so. you got to... 50-50 shot at being right, and I bet most of our listeners know the answer. Yep, and here's the advice that, that this agent got. I loved it. I use it against the competition. 
Well, yeah. I highlight it in my listing presentation. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I put it into my pre-listing package. So they see it before I even get there. If they don't ask, I bring it up and educate them as to what it is. Um, I have my admin keep a rolling 12-month list of all my sales. And on this list, I'm able to show everybody I'm in front of, first of all, the sale price my listing got, second, the days on market, how long it took, and third, the percentage of the last asking price we got. And it, it'll average out to way over 98, sometimes way over 100% based on what's been going on in the market and listings selling over. Right, multiple uh, offers yeah. contribute to that. And I also roll into that all my pendings, not just ones that have sold and closed, but ones that are pending as well. What the, what the sale price was, the days on the market, and percentage of asking price, list to sale ratio. And then I compare it to the multiple listing systems average. Yeah. So guess who looks really much better? That's right, me. Yeah, you know, there's probably a relationship between days on market and list to sales price ratio. I will bet you the longer the days on market, the lower the list to sales price ratio. I'd be willing to bet that. Uh, someone else said, your multiple listing system has custom reports that can do this for you. Um, someone else uh, quoted, take my advice or take a hike. <laughs> I kind of like that one. Um, but here was the point. After hearing this from the seller, and putting this new data into his listing presentation, what he said was, I went back to 2018 to the seven listing appointments I went on and left without getting the listing because I didn't want it. And I didn't want it because they argued with me over price or commission. So I went back to those seven listings and found out what happened to those. Take a wild guess about what state those seven listings are in. Well, they're either off the market without selling or they're still on the market, maybe with a second person yep. at the price this person recommended a year ago. They're either off the market or unsold. Mm -hmm. And none of the seven have sold. So put your data about your track record. What did we learn a couple weeks ago from our good friend Bob Daniel about expired listings? He's got 97 listings that he's taken that were expired with somebody else over the last 15 months, and he has sold them. And he put every multiple listing sheet into a book, a printed book, that 97 pages. And guess what? He says, I don't have to go past like page eight and I get the <laughs> listing. Yeah, track record can go a long way First of all, to convincing Logical Larry that you've got the goods because you've got the numbers, the stats, the proof, the evidence. And emotional Edna or Ed feels better, feels safer, trusting you with their biggest investment. So I was stunned at how great the Ask the Experts question were this week and how much trouble I had just picking one. Well, I'm glad you picked that one because I'm going to add a footnote and that is, if you would like to raise the amount of commission that you charge, you can afford to do that, and they still walk away with more money. Rather than listing with a competitor 
whose average list to sale price ratio is 4% lower than yours, they can afford to pay you an extra percentage and still walk ahead 3% higher than choosing your competition. So use that data to land yourself and above what you've normally been asking for commission. How do I learn dialogue like that? Where can I go Ooh, for that? Well, uh, come to session four of our live program. Uh -huh. Or if you live, you know, in some remote area or have a company that hasn't had a Wickman program in a while, either open a door for us or get into the online program. We got a new one starting, don't we? We do, yeah. April 4th and another one May 16th. FloydWickman.com. Check it out, folks. But what I would do is I'd come to Master Sales Academy because oh. we're going to do how to negotiate money. Oh, we are. Whether we? it's price or commission or offers. Yeah, that's the big deal about this year's Master Sales Academy. Got to have a focus. It's negotiating. And that's what we do best face-to-face -face whenever there's a dollar figure involved. Love it. Hope to see you there. Thank you for sharing these podcasts. We really appreciate your support and glad that you're getting something good out of each one. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.